Boy, I chuckled as you were doing that. It's hard not to think about our conversation about Cleveland last year. <laughs> well, that's why I played two opportunities. Because we talked about the, you know, the emotions <laughs> that must have just, you know, run wild, brother, uh-huh, for 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 Cleveland fans last year. And, you know, the Kings haven't seen first place in the Western Conference like like Cleveland did for a fleeting moment. But they were a top six team for most of the season. Mm-hmm. And then they weren't. But they mm-hmm. got to the play-in. And then it ended. And, man, it's hard to not think about that conversation when we look at the schedule and, oh, they're oh. five games ahead and this happened. And, oh, there's separation and all these things happen. It's, every time that conversation starts playing in my head, would you take the season the Cleveland Cavaliers had? And yeah, it is like, oh. Well, the, the was, the I started thinking, yes. what did we say? Did we say yes? Did we say yes? <laughs> Are the basketball gods like, oh, yeah? All right, pal. Hey, man, like I said, though, yesterday's evaluation yesterday's expectations are not today's expectations all right this team is this king's team is fighting for a top six they're fighting for a top six you know and 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 i absolutely think they can do it this situation with with devin booker and phoenix that could be crippling for them that could be crippling that i i still think like i think the 10 is about what it's going to be maybe minnesota takes over utah Maybe the Lakers take over. I don't know. You said but the situation. Least, you said the situation for Phoenix is crippling. Yeah, not having Devin, Devin Booker. Booker. Yeah, that is that is tough. I feel like I feel like he's the guy they could not afford to lose. So, I thought you know they could they could play without Chris Paul for a while as long as they had Devin Booker. They don't have Devin Booker. That is so. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to expand on that a little bit because. Part of the reason you feel that about Book and or Phoenix is you think Chris Paul is cooked. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I would have said that. I don't think I. You'd I don't think I would respectful have to the Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. But to answer your question, at least and at the very Chris least, Paul isn't at the level he was at last year. No, and at the very least, cooked to the point where he can't carry a, a team for two months. You know what I mean? To you well, know. Okay, let's go, DeAndre Ayton. Like, come on now. I don't even think that's See, enough. And I don't think it is either. And that's that's where this whole, that's where the difficulties in in contracts, in rookie contracts, and extending guys. That's where it comes into play because you 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 wonder, and we certainly don't know because we're not in these rooms. But you wonder the discussions that the Phoenix Suns were having, right? Is DeAndre Ayton, a guy who can step up when Devin Booker is out? Is DeAndre Ayton a guy who could step up if Chris Paul is out? And now you've got a situation where Chris Paul feels like a little bit a, a, a little bit declined from where he was last year. You got Devin Booker out. I think Cam's still out. And Cam, yeah, Cam, Cam, Cam might be out for a season. Oh, no, not for the season. It, it's 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 a long time though. Like he might come back in February. Mm. And then you, you've got, you've got DeAndre there, a guy who you paid this off season. And I'm sure the discussions. I, I I feel like the answer to that hypothetical I just posed was no. 
But the way contracts, you couldn't really let him walk. You didn't want to, you know, you, you, you didn't want to lose him, particularly mm-hmm. for nothing. And this is a this is a moment where, man, DeAndre Ayton's got to step up. Uh, yeah, he's got to play well, big. He's capable of playing big. We know we know it. We see it. We've seen it. Is he capable of playing big for like what? Like th- three more three weeks? I don't know. Well, here's the here's the thing about DeAndre Ayton though too that I mentioned the year they went to the NBA Finals. They don't incorporate him like that. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of gets the scraps, mm-hmm. and that's how he scores. And if you're paying a guy that type of money, and you're asking him, "Hey, step up your game. We need to take this to another level." It should be like we're gonna run this offense through you, like we're. And I don't know if he's that guy. I think he has that type of talent, but I don't know if he's that guy for Phoenix. I don't know if CP3 will be like, "Hey, DeAndre, you know you you getting you getting twenty shots a night tonight. You know, I'm giving you the rock. We're running this thing through you." I don't think that's how they play. I haven't seen Phoenix since Devin Booker went down. So somebody tell me if I'm wrong, if that's what they're doing, actually. But it, they they haven't done it in two years. I don't expect them to do it now. Which is baffling to me because Chris Paul has made his centers a lot of money. He's made his bigs a lot of money. Every single one he's been through with for his mm-hmm. entire career. And maybe he's already. Forgive me. Maybe he's already made uh, DeAndre Ayton his money uh, based well, on their performance together last year. This is true, but that that's the that's the crux of the problem. CP3 will run the show to feed to have DeAndre Ayton be the finisher. It needs to be DeAndre. We're running it through you. You know what I mean? Like we're we're not sitting here saying De'Aaron Fox runs the show so Sabonis can eat. They run this thing through Sabonis, right? But, that's okay. that's not what they do with DeAndre, and I don't know if they can. Why does it? Why can't it run through Chris Paul? Because he's it's not good enough anymore. Because there'll be times when they take away DeAndre Ayton, he's, and Chris, you got to cook. He can't do it no more. He could do it when they went to the finals because he was still capable. Now I don't think he's he's capable of of handling that load. Who is there? They've lost to the Knicks, the Raptors, the Wizards uh, in recent days. As a matter of fact, they've lost six of their last seven. Rob W. asked the question, uh, do Monty and, and Aiden still hate each other? Probably. I don't. I don't. There's no indication that they don't. I don't think Monty hates anybody. No, I don't think he does either. I don't he think he might not him. love DeAndre Aiden, but I don't, I don't yeah. think he hates him. Good. God, man. I looked to see who their primary offensive weapon was. They don't. Michael Bridges? Mikel Bridges had. Mikel Bridges had 10. DeAndre Ayton had 12. Chris Paul had 11. That's the, Dwayne that's Washington the had 10. That, that's the other thing about that roster, too. They paid Michael Bridges, mm-hmm. you know, a good amount of money, but, which they had to do. That's the market. That's what it was. But he's not that guy. But you paid it's him. To, well, but that's not fair because I think you paid him to do something else. Yeah, he, for sure. He had so he had twenty one. Uh, you know they got. They, they, I guess they got the New York Knicks defense clamped down on him the other night. They played Toronto. They put up one hundred and four. Put put up one hundred and four is a weird sentence to utter. They scored one hundred and four. 
Mikel mm. had 21. Chris Paul had 20. And Mikel has played really well. Like he's, I think he's stepped up his game this year with these, with Chris Paul out and Booker. He's done all that he can do, but it's not enough to lead a team. Aiton had four points in that game, dog. Oh my goodness. Oof. This this team may very well play itself right out of the conversation. Let's go. So okay, and then the night before he had thirty one. <laughs> he had thirty one points before that. So and here's the thing about that game. <laughs> here's 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 the apparent thing that I'm looking at. Without they can't score. I just no. they scored eighty three points against New York. One hundred and four. Uh, I forgot who they played in the game I just referenced. 102 against Washington. DeAndre Ayton had 31 in that one. Chris Paul had 20. Mikel Bridges in 17 ha- had 17. Excuse me. The only one who looks like they're producing off the bench is Dwayne Washington. Mm. Oh, it, it, it's it's it just might not be there. It's, they don't have, don't they don't have, have any playmakers. They don't have any playmakers. They don't have any guys outside of uh, Devin Booker that can create their own shot. I guess you could say DeAndre Ayton. I think he's talented enough to do that, but that goes back to what I'm talking about. They don't necessarily always give him the opportunity. He gets the scraps. He gets the he gets the rolls, you know, from picking from picking rolls with Chris Paul. It's not throw the ball to DeAndre on the block and let him go to work. Monty's got to figure that out, man. Or they 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 might find themselves in a hole. It's not going to be because of the way the Western Conference is. It's not going to be something they can't kick out of. But it's going to be pretty damaging. I mean, they're twenty and eighteen right now. We're talking another three weeks or so, at, mm. at best, another mm. three weeks without Devin Booker. Of course, we found out yesterday that Zion Williamson will be reevaluated in three weeks. That doesn't mean Zion Williamson is coming back in three weeks. It means he'll be reevaluated. The New Orleans Pelicans uh, sit at twenty three and fourteen uh, right now. They feel like a little bit more of a, a, a sound team. Uh, than they've been in in you know even as recently as last year. And, yeah, they. And, but the the thing with them right now though is I'm not sure did they get Brandon Ingram back yet? Because he's still been out, and Brandon, if he's out, coinciding with Zion being out, Brand, Brandon out. Ingram is not back. Um, I don't actually know the timetable for Brandon Ingram's return. I heard something last week and. I, I can't remember what day it was or what the context was, but th- he was asked about, you know, when he's coming back and he says, you know, I feel like I'm getting close. It's a little frustrating because sometimes you think you're right there. And then the next day you don't feel as good. Like it, it's, and I don't even know what his, his injury is. I don't even know why he's hurt, but it's one of those things where he, he probably thought he was going to be back already by now. Whew. Still is it? I, I I just I clicked on the the longest article in in athletic history uh, regarding Zion's uh, injury yesterday because there was a note on Brandon Ingram and this is like a Q and A thing. Any news on Ingram's recovery timetable? Ingram's extended absence continues to be one of the season's biggest mysteries. Uh, mm. When we talked to him the other day, Ingram said he wasn't experiencing pain in the toe. He isn't at the point yet where he feels comfortable exploding off his left foot, uh, he said he'll be ready to play once he feels like himself again on the floor. Mm. That 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 didn't answer anything. Our guy Scoop B yeah. uh, tweeted out, um, Brandon Ingram still isn't practicing, but is doing more to build up. His return still has to be soon. 
Well, they're not even practicing yet. So they they could realistically be – they're going to be looking at at least a week without those two, possibly two was, weeks without yeah, those I two. Think it's, I was going to say, I think it sounds like it sounds like more than a week to me. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I, I don't know. the way, what, what I just read doesn't – and what Scoop wrote, that doesn't sound like Ingram's close. No. It sounds like they don't know they don't know what's going on with Ingram. Right. That's that's what I'm seeing as well. And then it's a situation where you talk if it's not everybody toe, can play with a broken hand. No, you not know, everybody can like you see, that. You when uh, Devontae hit the spin move on Kessler, finished with the right hand. I was in my living room looking at the right hand. I was like, Yeah. He should have gave him should have gave him the Booker T joint <laughs> right there in Utah. <laughs> We'll come back. Uh, James Ham's going to join us here pretty soon. Uh, We'll dive into the 49ers a little bit, some NFL notes, uh, and plenty more Kings Talk. Plus, phone lines. It's your show, baby. 916-909-1320. D-Lo and KC here on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. D-Lo and KC. D-Lo and KC continues on ESPN 1320. Hey, if y'all aren't if if y'all are on IG since I've been um, begging for for people to follow us uh, at Dilo and Casey and at ESPN thirteen twenty on Instagram, y'all might want to go follow uh, Rachel Kreger as well. She's a photographer for the Kings. Man, oh, yeah. she has taken some amazing pictures this year, but yeah. she's the one who took this one last night for those that are watching. She's the one who took the picture of the moon shining like through the beam. That's crazy. It's just a phenomenal picture. She also has like video. uh, She was like right under the basket when De'Aaron dunked uh, on Friday. And so like her, 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 her IG profile is super legit. Uh, so give her a follow. It's 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 Rachel Kreger. She's 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 one of the many, many dope photographers uh, that work for the Sacramento Kings. Um, so go check them out uh, while you're following uh, us on IG there. Uh, James Ham going to join us here uh, soon as it is a game day uh, for the Sacramento Kings. While De- uh, De'Aaron Fox took over uh, last night in the fourth quarter, they took over, hopped on a flight, flew back. Uh, and we're going to need him to do it again tonight. Oh, by the way, uh, shout out Casey, uh, working hard there uh, during the commercial break. Even though he's snackless, uh, he's working hard during the commercial break and and found. Now, for those who were, who, who were with us, the last two minute report uh, came out, and the Keegan Murray, Lori Morgan, and Fout they said was uh, ruled correctly because Keegan Murray touched his elbow and altered the shot. Well, for those that are watching, you can see very, very clearly that Keegan Murray is not touching Laurie Markinen's elbow. You continue to go forward. Nope. More. Nope. Is he touching his hand? Nope. Nope. And there, Laurie Markinen initiates contact on the hands while simultaneously kicking Keegan Murray in the ass. (laughs) That's where we are with NBA officials. Like this how how do we have this video? Right here. How do we have this video? And they don't. Like, like he kicks him. Just he, kicks him. Keegan Murray does not touch him. 
Hey man, like, that's incredible. At, at the very Absolutely least, incredible. if you're gonna lie, if you're gonna lie, just get the get the right um, body part to lie on. Like he said, an elbow. Like you could at least be like he hit his hand, and I can say, okay, maybe like it's still not a foul, but at least that's closer. The man never even touched his elbow. It's what not, are you talking about? He's not. The ball is out of his hands now. Everything's dead because the ball's out of his hands. Laurie Markinen brings his hand down. Brings his entire arm down to initiate contact with Keegan's hand while kicking him in the ass. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's like, like William. It's like William said. William said it perfectly. No, they really think we're stupid. No. <laughs> yes, William. This is. You know who else said it perfectly? It was Demonte Sabonis? Yeah, we're the Sacramento Kings. We might have just lost this game. <laughs> Put hey, it on a shirt. <laughs> I don't. I I don't believe in this stuff. But, man, somebody might have had some money riding on this one last night. Mm. That's a that's a lot of work to keep the uh, to keep the Utah Jazz in that one. Yeah, that was that was an unbelievably bad call. And then, and let's not even get started on um, the fact that you know you can't challenge, or it really wouldn't have mattered because the Kings lost their challenge, which was a, a bad loss. Like I don't even know how that one wasn't overturned, but. Like, it was just all bad all the way around. DeMontis Sabonis is not allowed to breathe while on a basketball floor. Not at all. That man should really be praised for holding his breath during play as much and as And in has. the meantime, he can get smacked up all over the place. Oh, my goodness. Every play. Maybe slapping DeMontis in the back of the head. Well, I mean, it beats when they punch him in the face. <laughs> oh, Keegan Murray just got kicked in his ass. <laughs> William's right. These refs really do think we're stupid. I just I don't know what um I don't know what they're gonna do. Or I, I wonder in the in the NBA league's offices, league offices, are they really like are they aware? Are they just like, no, everything's all good. You know, hey, people are gonna be mad, you know, all the time. Don't sweat it. Just keep doing your job. Or are they really like, hey, you guys gotta be better? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. I, I would, I would, I would, I would absolutely love to know that. Somebody should ask Adam Silver the before the All Star game. Yeah, I'm with that. Yeah, I'm with that. Uh, Nick Friedle, ask. Nick will <laughs> you do like it. To ask all the tough questions. Uh, Go ahead, ask, ask Adam Silver. <laughs> Nick walking in like the glass just broke, deciding who he's going to piss off today. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Uh, by the way, I, I think I mentioned this during a commercial break, but didn't miss it. Uh, mention it uh, live on the air. Uh, you don't want to miss Friday's show. Uh, I got word uh, from Trista today. She's been a little concerned about the storm. She's scheduled to land Friday at noon. Mm. She's coming straight to the studio. Oh, boy. She's coming straight to the studio. She'll spend uh, Friday with us. And then, of course, we'll have uh, Saturday at the Golden One Center uh, for the Kings and the Lakers, where hopefully they'll be looking for their third straight win. Friday is the uh, Friday is the one day I think is not supposed to rain. Okay, look, I, I, I don't know. I'm looking out the window right now, and I see the sun. I'm about to take this this turtleneck I got off. I'm about to go get a tan. I'm about to go get some winter <laughs> color right here. Ridiculous. <laughs> Still haven't heard from Christina Warner. Demand answers. Christina, 
Where you at? They said this was storm again in 2023. <laughs> just, just put this was this was this was this. I feel like this is the media's way. Like, hey, I bet we can get everybody to stay home. Get everybody well, to stay home. It worked. That's right. Kenny's at home. <laughs> Kenny's at home, and the man can't get snacks. Jasmine, if you're listening, will you bring will you bring the man a snack? He's in the corner that you placed him in. He he he, he just he he needs an orange soda. Uh, and and some Reese's peanut butter cups. Not not this time. It was just well, I could get some orange juice, but it was going to be orange juice or Gatorade, and then the peanuts and cranberries, uh, raisins, cran raisins or whatever they are. J- James is talking to me through the window. James <laughs> J- James J- James does not recognize we are live on the radio, so he's just he's just he's just landing a plane over there. I'm like, hey James, whatever you want to do, pal. So, look, James is coming. It's going to be all kings all time. And James can talk anything. It ain't no big thing. But before we get into that, then we go straight just, into kings. Just real quick. What what was it? What, is James going to get something to eat? Is that what's going on? James is getting a hot tea, and then he'll be in the studio in a minute. <laughs> all right. Well, got it. Every, everybody's getting snacks and drinks and everything. And here I am just just withering away. I mean, and, and, I mean, and what's Jasmine doing? <laughs> Taking care of a baby? <laughs> what's a baby even need? She's got a little baby to take care of and a big baby. She needs to be up running around with this little girl because her whole life is switched over. Like 1.30 a.m. She's like, what are we doing, Pops? Like, what are we doing? Like, we're going to sleep. Now. Now she be asleep. Miss P, Jesse, there's an episode of The Office about this. Remember mm-hmm. where Dwight's the only one who can get Jim and, and, and Pam's baby to go asleep? I believe the term was reverse cycling. I, th- I, th- I think it was where she's uh, asleep all day but up all night. See, you got to watch the episode. You need a Dwight True. The best part what, is what he, number is that? I It's it's what later. Season? Yeah, it's later. It's I'll like season to, five, season, it's, season it's, six it's, maybe. It's, it's, it's baby number one. So it's it's probably season five or six or so. Wait, but I the the secretary and the and the one guy they had babies. Come on, man! What are we doing right now? Yes, <laughs> yes, they had babies. They did. The best part is you can, you can, it's the story arc of the entire series. Well, yeah, I I noticed that after the first four I watched when he was playing when he was hooping in the Iversons. Against the boyfriend. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, I know I know you wanted to go 49ers. Let's grab Javier really quick. We haven't heard oh, from Javier in a long time, so we got to check in with him. 916-909-1320. What's happening, Javier? How you guys doing? We're good, brother. What's good, Javier? What's good, man? Who are you trying to trade, man? Because I know you're trying to trade somebody. Uh, well, you know, good to hear from you, too. You love KC. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I've seen uh, KC at a game probably a month ago. I'm actually going tonight. Been a few nice. games in the last Three weeks. Um, trying to go to the Laker game, but that's like half my leg and my full arm to get a ticket for that. So yeah. I'm not sure. But I, I just wanted to see because you know it feels good right now. 2016, we're trying to go first time over uh, 500, five games over since 2004, 2005 tonight. Uh, we play you know, the uh, Atlanta Hawks. Bogdanovich's return. Um, but you know, I remember what James Hanner brought up probably three, four weeks ago about the, you know, do you want to roll the dice on Harrison Barnes and see if he'll opt, not opt out rather, but not resign, or you mm-hmm. just want to stick with the chemistry. Cause I totally, I totally agree with that. Like, it's just like, it's hard to try to, you know, get away from something that's working, but like, you know, realistically, we don't have a backup three. We don't have a backup center that's productive. And what are you going to do with Harrison? Are you guys just going to just say, 
you know, stand pat more or less and just keep riding this out. I mean, I'm, I'm for either. I just want to see your opinion because, you know, the John Collins for Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes is interesting, but it's like if you guys aren't there, then I totally understand. I just – like, do you, do you want to understand Pat going to the all-star break or do we do we want to get tires on some to improve our starting small power forward position and or bench or you just wanted to stick this through, you know? Yeah, I uh, uh, appreciate yeah. you, Javi. I'll, I'll I'll say this, and 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 I don't know that this is necessarily like one hundred percent what. As we welcome in uh, our thirteen twenty Kings insert, yeah. so James, I think if you, I don't know if you like this light on you, but you could turn around and because one yeah, of the, the lights under you are are motion censored. So if you if you just turn around, you could turn the lights on, or you could keep the spotlight on you. It's it's totally up to you. <laughs> You look like Kyle Matson did the other day. It's 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 fantastic. I feel glorious. I don't know. You do. You it's you making kinda, me glow. I, I like it. I, I I I like it. But you know, Javier brought up the, the HB for John Collins. I just don't like the John Collins idea. Uh, you you were you were still getting situated, and Javier was asking about you know making a trade before uh, before the trade deadline, and and brought up Harrison Barnes. I'm I'm. I'm kind of at the point, James, and I think we've talked about this a couple of times, where I'm comfortable riding with Harrison Barnes, and hopefully uh, he's enjoying this experience. He sees that this franchise is moving in a positive direction, and he can be a part of it for, for years to come. Yeah, I mean, you still have the option to, to uh, like approach Harrison Barnes and work out an extension. So you can do that during the season. Until he becomes a free agent, you can do it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, he's in a very unique situation when it comes to his contract status. Um, but if I'm the Kings, like you're over the last 14 games, you're seven and seven, right? It, you've played 500 ball, which against some really tough competition, uh, including, you know, a huge six game road trip, uh, a two game road trip that was very difficult where you figured out things. And, you know, I, I don't know. For me, this team just keeps telling us very clearly they're one piece away. And whether that's a big piece or whether that's a, a, you know, like one or two smaller pieces, it still means that they're one piece away from being mm-hmm. someone that you feel comfortable saying there are four, five, six, seven. Um, and, you know, if you're the Kings, you need to be a six or better because there's a good chance that the Golden State Warriors are going to be one of those bottom teams looking to jump up out of, uh, you know, the play in and, and try to get into the the top end of the the tournament. And, you got to be above that that bottom section where you're in the plan. So the thing about that, James, um, and what's going on, James? How you doing? What's happening? Yeah. Um, the thing about that is, I think if you're, I don't know, if you're if you're looking to make that move to solidify yourself as a four, five, six, you're going to have some interesting decisions to make. Like there, there's got to be a guy out there that essentially is better than Harrison Barnes. Like that's the. That is the trade ship that you have, in my opinion. I know you got expiring money and things of that nature, Lynn and uh, uh, Terrence Davis and all this other stuff. I don't know how appealing Rashawn Holmes is to a lot of people. I think when you're talking about making a move to get somebody in here that'll change your fortunes, I think it's I think it starts with Harrison Barnes being part of the deal. And number one, can you find somebody that, is better than Harrison Barnes uh, to, to trade with. Number two, do you want to upset the apple cart? I don't. It, it's a. I don't know the answer either way. Like it's it's a tough decision to make if 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 you want to make that type of you know big signing to to kind of solidify yourself. 
Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. Like, you're not going to get something for nothing. And even if you go back to the Harrison Barnes deal when they originally got him, it's just so few and far between where you find a team that's literally ready just to get off of some salary and you mm-hmm. can give up what they gave up. What was that? Justin Jackson and uh, Zebo, right, for Harrison Barnes. Like, if there's one of those deals out there, the Kings should have already made it. Um, but I don't think there is. And, and what you're hoping is that there's going to be more teams that fall out of the race. And we're starting to see, like, sort of the rumor mill churn with, is Toronto going to be a, a seller? Uh, is Charlotte going to be a seller? Is Washington going to be a seller? Where are these teams at? And at what point do they pull the plug? Utah, is Utah going to be a seller? Well, the the honest answer is probably all four of those teams are going to be sellers because this is an epic game of cat and mouse, but everyone realistically is going to be playing for Victor Wimbignana at some point because he's just too good, and you're going to have to take that plunge. But if I'm the Kings, I, I don't know if the dilemma is even Harrison Barnes at this point because I think Harrison Barnes, he does mean so much to what you're trying to do, right? And you're hoping that you can stick around with him long term, um, knowing that there's a possibility that you can't. But the real question, we talked about this on the podcast um, on, I think it was Monday. Like, where are you at with Keegan Murray? And does he become part of the discussion? Because that might be your your chip that you have um, mm-hmm. because you're tied up with all your your first round picks. So I just don't know how you do that again. I, I agree with you. I, I feel like you, 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 you maybe you could do that once. And you and you did it with Tyrese and hey, it's worked out for everyone. Man, I think it's tough to do that again. Well, and I'm not advocating for that. I'm no, just saying that, like, when you call teams, that's what they're going to say. You call the Utah Jazz and say, "Is Lowry Marketing available?" And they will say, "Maybe," but it's going to cost you X, Y, and Z. And one of the first things going to be put on the table is. We would like to have Keegan, especially Murray. for a team that's looking to rebuild, hoping they yeah. hit the lottery. You you've got a player. Well, that and you're you're basically offering up a top four pick from right. the previous draft, and right. I mean that's that's a lot to offer. And I'm not saying the Kings shouldn't, I uh, should or shouldn't trade Keegan. What I'm saying is that that's going to be the offer. Th- those are going to be the things that are discussed that teams are going to come after the Kings with. It's going to be their ask, and I mean. The other option is you go to Atlanta and you try to work out something where you get your first round picks back. And so whether that means you get your you give up a twenty five, which would free up your twenty twenty three and your twenty twenty seven, or you give them a twenty four and that would free up your twenty six and your twenty eight. If you got two first round picks, all of a sudden you become a, a contender for one of these players. You know whether it's OG Ananobi if he becomes available, or it's Laurie Marketing. Uh, there's going to be someone that becomes available that you could go and pursue. Or the other option is that you go add some smaller pieces. You you look at, see what's happening with Charlotte. Kelly Oubre is out now six to eight weeks or four to six weeks. Um, will they talk about uh, Mason Plumley? Will they talk about a P.J. Washington? Um, those are more like you're going to give up expiring contracts and a couple of second-round picks most likely. They'll ask for a first, but they're not going to get a first. So, uh, yeah, I think that the Kings are in a, in a position where you clearly know what your holes are, and you need to go figure out a way to to put some spackling over them and, and fix it. And yeah. uh, until they do that, they're going to keep running into this situation that they're in the like tonight, where this is the seventh time this season where they've got to four games over 500. And the previous six times, they lost the next game. They haven't been five games over 500 since 2006. <laughs> it's, you know, we talk about 
uh, Malik Monk saying that, you know, Kevin Herter was afraid of 30. Well, the Kings are clearly afraid of five. They're, <laughs> I mean, like, get over it. Like, move past it. At some point, you got you got to take that step because you can't you can't get to six or seven games over five hundred until you get to five. Nah, it's just the way that it works. You know who was afraid of five last night? Uh, <laughs> the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Um, to your point, though, and I understand what Damian is saying about you can't go to that trading your you know first round yeah, pick well. again. I think, and I, I'm not advocating either. I'm just saying, I think for Laurie Marketing, no, you can't do that. For Pascal Siakam, mm. now we can have a conversation because you're talking about a multiple-time all-star. You're talking about a guy that's proven um, in this league to produce at a high level. And if you're adding a guy like that to the fold, then we we can have some internal but, discussions. But what you know what I mean? We, and say, that's what we want to do. But what are we talking about, though? Like, you, you you talk about Pascal Siakam. I I I think Pascal Siakam is 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 phenomenal. Are are we talking about the Kings going to the NBA Finals this season? Is that the discussion we're having? Because I think the question, <laughs> no, I'm I'm serious because I think the question you have to ask yourself is Siakam next year getting you further than Keegan Murray next year would, and whatever else you're I, giving up because it's not like it's Keegan for Pascal Siakam. Yeah, I think. I think, James, and you can tell me what you think. I think if you get Pascal Siakam, especially the way this West is shaping out, you have a chance to get to the NBA Finals. With this group, yes. Keegan, maybe you still do. I said that a couple weeks ago. Like, I was like, it's not the inconceivable. The epiphany, yes. I remember. <laughs> it's not inconceivable. Yeah. And and that's why, it's probably why, like, it would take more than Pascal Siakam for me to move on from Keegan Murray. It would just really take a lot. But I, talking about James's point, like, that's, that's something that you at least have to discuss if you're talking about making a move because you just don't have a lot of trade chips. Yeah, okay, so I, I just can't talk about NBA Finals. Like, we're literally <laughs> talking about the Sacramento Kings. They haven't made the playoffs in 16 consecutive seasons. And what we're looking at is, I'll just give this as an example. Early in the season. Suns went nine. There we go, yeah. Just saying. But early in the season, we saw this team, they couldn't figure out how to win on the second night of a back-to-back, right? Uh, every single time they faced the second night of a back-to-back, they got they got kicked around. All of a sudden, they're figuring out how to win on the second night of a back-to-back, right? So the three NBA, in a row. Yeah. I believe the number's three in a row. The NBA has this, this really basic process of improvement. And every once in a while, you can jump ahead of, ahead of the line, but it doesn't usually work that way. And so when you're you get to the playoffs and you're learning the playoffs for the first time, there's so much that goes into a playoff game that, that teams like the Kings— who just had their lone ESPN game taken away from them, right? This team has never sat for a four-minute playoff timeout. They don't know what that feels like. They they don't. And, like, there's a nervous energy that happens. There's all these things that happen. And, you know, you're looking at, you're going up against teams that are playing 20 national television games a season, and you've got, like, three on NBA TV. And so there there's this learning curve that happens where usually you get to the first round, and you get beat up pretty bad. You might win a game, and it's exciting, and it's fun, but you take something from that, and you come back the next year, and you're better. We're, we've heard Jason Tatum talk about it. He now thinks he knows what it takes to win an NBA championship. Like, okay. It, the other team does too. So Because you're going to face a team that's likely been there before as well, and you got to figure out if you know more about what it takes to win an NBA championship than they do. But either way, just getting there is 
like it's so far fetched for the Kings at this point because they haven't like that's that's learning that's going from being a baby in a crib to being an Olympic sprinter basically when you're 18 months old like it just doesn't happen and so I, I hope that the Kings can take a huge step forward but they're this team isn't one player away from being like a title contender what they are is they're one move away from being a really, really strong four, five, six team in, in the Western Conference with the potential for next year to be a two, three, four, five. And then the next year, maybe we're talking about someone who could compete for something bigger. Um, but that's why I, I keep going back to a guy like Laurie Marketin, who's 25 years old, fits exactly the age arc of this team, who's averaging 23 and a half points, eight plus rebounds, a couple of assists. He can do just about everything. He's not a great defender, but a perfect fit next to Sabonis. And he's under contract this year, the next year, the year after that, at like 16, 17, and 18. It's it's just like the Sabonis contract all over again. Uh, Laurie Martin then, can go to hell. Straight to hell. Lord, I, I, don't know, I don't know why. I don't know what the Kings ever did to him. But he <laughs> he is just a he, – he, he is incredible. Uh, Lori Bird, and it, it's just not the Kings. In his last five games, he's averaging 30.8 rebounds, 50% from the field, 97% from the free throw line. Goodness gracious, man. We'll come back. Uh, we'll talk about uh, last night's game. We'll talk about that performance uh, from De'Aaron Fox. We'll talk about the bench. We'll talk about Davion and KZ Akpala. Uh, we'll talk about DeMontis Sabonis and Mike Brown. We'll do all of that with James Ham here as Dilo and Casey continue on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. No, no, no. Back to Dilo and Casey. Dilo and Casey on ESPN 1320. We can continue this discussion. Well, obviously, you know, James Ham is here. We'll, we'll talk plenty about the uh, Sacramento Kings. They're back on the floor tonight at the Golden One Center, I think kicking off a five-game homestand. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Atlanta Hawks tonight, second night of a back-to-back, second time that they've played Atlanta uh, on the second night of a back-to-back. By the way, James mentioned that the team having uh, struggles figuring out how to win on the second night of a back-to-back and have s- figured it out since. They lost their first two. They won their last three. Uh, their record at this point in back-to-backs is 3-2 and two, uh, with uh, tonight's approaching. But we were talking about football a moment ago. Uh, yeah. During the commercial break, and you know, I, I, obviously, what happened on Monday is still at the forefront of of so many people's mind. Was there, you know, James? We, we've had discussions in the past, uh, and Kenny mentioned this yesterday regarding his son Reese. That you know, we, Reese is not playing football. My son's not playing football. You and you just said the same thing. Like you wouldn't allow your sons to play football. Yeah, my my oldest, six four, one hundred and sixty five pounds, fastest kid that you'll ever see. He was a soccer player for years and years. Uh, like four five forty, maybe a little better than that, and like we didn't even consider letting him go out. And mm-hmm. I'm surprised he wasn't like recruited heavily by the football players. You know, big, strong soccer player that knows how to run. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, there's just something to it. Like I played high school football, and I still have injuries from high school football, and you just get beat up. And and that's before we even knew what we knew about the concu- the concussions. And that's always my concern: the concussion thing. This this injury here with uh, uh, Hamlin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it was such a freak situation. I think what we'll probably learn is that he got hit between, like, right on the right on the heart between chest uh, between heartbeats, and it stopped mm-hmm. his heart like right then. And it's something that happens, like to be honest, uh, more often in little league. 
It, mm-hmm. You know, young kids who don't know how to take a hit to get hit by a pitch, they'll open up and they'll get hit right in the in the heart, and it can stop your heart if it hits just the right spot at the right time. And now I'm not letting my kids play baseball. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, like, I mean, but football is a, an inherently violent sport, yeah. and um, you know, like I I love football. I love watching football. I'm just, you know, I, I don't it's want hard. my kids doing it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, it's same with you, Ham. I mean, uh, I know Reese had talked uh, last, maybe this past fall, because uh, a couple of his friends were playing flag football. And I said, I'm not even going to give you that taste. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not even going to give gateway you that drug. taste. <laughs> flag football is a gateway drug. <laughs> it's a great sport. I loved I, I was a starting wide receiver in flag football. I played high school football. Like, I, I loved it. I showed up to practice every single day. But then you get to the end and you're like, man, there's nowhere else to play football after this. Like, mm-hmm. there's like so few leagues out there of even flag football where adult men are playing flag football or or women are playing flag football. It's not like softball where you can play softball until you're in your 80s. Uh, there's there's old man leagues out there that let you play until you can't play no more. Um, I will. Yeah, yeah. And so, but football is one of those sports that when when you're done. Like you, you're going to pay the price for it. It doesn't matter. Like you know, one of my son's buddies' little brother blew out his knee in the first game for Bear River this year, torn ACL. Mm-hmm. Like knee will never be the same. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's that's tough. My godson's dealing with a torn ACL, MCL, and he's like a year into his comeback here at this point, trying to get ready. I saw him the other day. Though, shout out to uh, House Party with a little windmill dunk. Yeah, I mean, he can get up. He's 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 explosive. Like he's 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 a good ball player. He's he's lost the season, but he's he's staying focused in school, man. But it's hard. He, that was on the basketball floor. Um, <laughs> the one game we were at, we were at every game leading into that one, but missed that one, and uh, he tore his he tore his knee up. Man, it's hard. Sports are hard. Sports are really hard. Uh, for young guys, but um, yeah, it's been certainly a, a a weird week. And this was this was part of our conversation, and we'll get back to the Kings. But this is part of our conversation yesterday, where you just kept saying, "I love football." You know, I I love football. I love the sport of football. And mm-hmm. I had like the realization, I don't. Yeah, I don't love the game anymore. I, think I don't it, like love what it is. It probably lost a lot of fans on Monday night. I mean, it was it lost it was like so they've dramatic. lost me for a while. But man, yeah. that, that sitting sitting through being unable to turn away from what happened on Monday know, was wasn't really that difficult. Like we couldn't turn the channel. Mm-hmm. Like we just sat there the whole time because no. you're worried that you know they're going to come out with some. Well, you're wondering what the hell you just watched. Yeah, I and... mean it was just absolutely tragic to watch uh, something like that happen. And yeah, it, it took all of the the luster out of the weekend and and everything. I mean, just really a a, a bummer of a night. As we uh, attempt to segue, any truth? To Deuce Mason's claim that you wore a leather helmet when you played in high school, <laughs> I just needed no. a, I needed a transition, and Deuce provided it. Yeah, no, I I played for a really good high school, uh, Deuce Mason. <laughs> I played for Nevada Union during their heyday. Um, oh, that's a flex. Oh wow, that's yeah, that is yeah. that is kind of a, that's 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 strong. Yeah, that's so strong. yeah, we, we were we were pretty good. Uh, Deuce, I on the Deuce, other hand, I think is a Del a Campo grad. Yeah, I believe the most famous Del Campo uh, graduate ever, no. Matt Barnes, yeah. close second. Yeah, uh, Deuce then then Matt Barnes. Yeah, I, I, I think that's how I think that's how it works. Um, we come. I watched Matt wasn't Barnes. Dusty. Where was Dusty? Wasn't Dusty Baker Del Campo? Yeah, well, I thought Dusty went to El Camino. 
Dustin didn't go didn't to, go to El, El Camino. Derek Lee went to El Camino. Derek Lee went to El Camino. And Greg Vaughn went to Kennedy, right? Yeah, poor guy. Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right, so no leather helmet for James. No. Uh, but the Jazz needed a helmet for De'Aaron Fox last night. <laughs> he tried. He tried. I got at it. Trying. <laughs> uh, start getting scorecards for for my attempt to uh, to transition. Um, can you rank that fourth quarter performance from De'Aaron Fox last night? You've seen you've seen De'Aaron Fox's entire career. That 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 has to be up there. I think so too. Uh, like when I watch that game, and it goes back to the the previous game with Utah. Like the defense wasn't wasn't great, but at the same time, that was just two really good teams going at it. That's what it felt like. It felt like playoff basketball. It felt like this is what the Kings are trying to build towards. You know, we always we talked about it early in the season. You got to learn how to win. Well, mm-hmm. Kings have won three of the last four games by a total of four points. It's crazy. I mean, they just keep going in there and battling and, and coming up with wins. And I, I think maybe more than anything else, what we're learning right now is that De'Aaron Fox is one of the best closers in the NBA. And mm. and it's something that if you can have that in your back pocket, then you know that you're going to be okay as long as you keep the, the score close through three quarters. And what we're seeing from Demonis Sabonis, which is just this epic consistency what he is doing on a night in and night out basis where he's just carrying this team like physically mentally just just carrying them through game after game and then allowing other players to be great in their own right but if you can get fox to become this uh, you know i want to see more in the fir- first quarter uh some of the reason why the first that one quarter point starts, didn't do it for you yeah not great not great bob um but then that uh the second quarter, too, like he was in there while the first three and a half minutes of the second quarter when it was him and the bench, and you instantly saw that, like, without Sabonis is one thing, but without all those shooters, hmm. Fox is mortal, and that was just some of the worst basketball I've ever seen. I mean, that four turnovers, two points over three, and I think 312 of the quarter, and they just gave their lead right back. Um, so I need to see consistency throughout the game where Fox is always a threat, but does that really matter? I mean, in baseball, you have a closer who's sitting over there who you know might be able to get three outs, who might be able to get six outs, and and that means that your team is going to be really good. All you got to do is get to the eighth inning and then hand it over. I think that could be where the Kings are heading, where you know Fox is going to have to score and do things throughout the game, play defense and set up his teammates and, and score 10, 12 points early in the game. But when it comes to the fourth quarter, you give him the ball and you say, all right, let's see what you got. You know, the the performance last night was so amazing to see him uh, close out that game that way and play the way he did in the fourth quarter. But it also is maddening, right, because you see the way he played in Memphis. And once again, he didn't play bad in Memphis, but he didn't put his fingerprints on that game at all, in my opinion. And we see that so often from De'Aaron, where you see a game like Memphis – and then you see a game like last night in Utah. And it's like, why can't we get Utah almost every night? He's the one that said it, and I agree with him 100%. I can get any shot I want to. Last night, wherever he wanted to get on the court, he he could do it. And it's, it's always frustrating because I think we all see the talent that he has. It's like, man, why don't you just 
put that on display all 35 minutes that you're playing every single night. And some nights he's okay with just kind of playing the background role. Yeah, but I'm not sure that there are a lot of players in the league that you feel that the whole time. Like, every once in a while there's a player that you feel like from open to, to close that they're there and providing something. But, you know, the way Fox plays, what the speed he plays at, the pace he plays at, it's really difficult to keep consistently. Like, it's one thing if you're a shooter and you're always shooting. I mean, that's you need to get open and, you know, but like as far as like the the expenditure of energy on offense is different than when you're a point guard who does what he does. And I think there are games where he has to save up for the fourth quarter. And, you know, I, I think he was ready not only for the fourth quarter, but he was ready if there was overtime. He was ready to keep going. And just the way that he's been able to, like, become so clutch. I mean, again, what is he shooting? Like, six, we saw the stat last night, like 62% in the clutch. And last yeah. time I saw this stat, it was he was at 57, and the next best guy was at 47% in the clutch. And now he's in the 60s. Like what he's doing, and the NBA has this award this year, Mr. Clutch, right? Like hmm. that should that should very much play a part in the decision whether or not he's an All Star. And I also think this stretch of games right here will decide whether he's an All Star this year. Damian, real quick, what I want from De'Aaron Fox, and maybe we already get that because we're uh, people who follow the Kings or Kings fans, and you know we're on this side of it. But I want to get to the point, Damien, what what I say? We're sitting there watching the Warriors game and the Kings are down 12. Oof, Steph is out. Got to win here. Da, 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 da. Get it to Jokic six. is out. Ooh, Jokic is out. You got to win here. You got to do da, da, da. Dame is out. Ooh, you got to take advantage of this time. I want Said other the same people. thing during the Wizards game, too, and it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work at all. Skip this 18-point lead to 12. <laughs> what happened? Damien was like, I don't think they can give up any more points in this it's not true. <laughs> but I want here. other teams. I want Fox's um, fingerprints all over these games to be when people are playing the Kings and Sabonis, or excuse me, Sabonis too. But when Fox takes a, takes a breather, ooh, Fox is out. Got to take advantage of these minutes when Fox is out because when he comes back in, it, it's, it's, a, it's a tall task. Yeah, and I mean, here's the deal, though. Like, Sabonis is a top 10 NBA player right now. I don't think we can. That's even arguable. He's what number three in the league in win shares, behind, like, uh, I don't know, Jokic and Luka Doncic. Hmm. It's those three as in win shares. Like he is so incredibly impactful. And if you can get two guys that are like that, even if they're different in what they do and how they do it and when they do it during a game, then you become really, really difficult. And then when you add all these other pieces. Um, you know, your your Malik Monks, your Kevin Herters, your Harrison Barnes, your Keegan Murray's, and, and you're you're starting to get a team rolling on all cylinders. Like this this team has the potential to be really dangerous and a tough out. Like if you're going up against the Kings and you have to game plan how to stop them in a seven game series, they're not gonna be fun to to figure out because there's gonna be at least one or two games where they don't miss and then you're done. There's nothing you can do. When this team doesn't miss, they're almost unbeatable. And, you know, it doesn't matter how many points you're going to put up on them. If Herter is hitting seven threes and, and Monk's coming off the bench and giving you 15 or 18, uh, and then you're getting, you know, the normal out of your other guys, like this is going to be a team that, that no one wants to play. And uh, I think right now they're kind of sneaking under the radar. But getting that, that two-man that's unstoppable makes everything for everyone else much, much easier.